Let's open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 12. We tried to prepare chapter 12 and 13. Possibly we'll get that far, but we'll just see how it works out. Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 1, it says, Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. Knowledge is not going to come unless you love instruction, because we don't know anything unless we're instructed. We have to be given instruction in order to learn. And whosoever loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. And if you refuse instruction, you're refusing to learn and to know. But he that hateth reproof is brutish. So we need to welcome discipline as well. In verse uh, 2 it says, A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. So God loves us to be kind to one another. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. God loves kindness. 1 John chapter 4 verse 8, it says this, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So God wants us to be loving and kind to to other folks. And it says, a good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. You'll have God's favor in doing this. But a man of wicked devices will he condemn. In verse 3, a man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. If there's no righteousness, there's no roots, and there's no... Uh, such thing as being established. A man shall not be established by being wicked. It says, a man that shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved, so he shall be established. In verse 4, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. This is a good wife. A fine wife is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness to his bones. So we find that the A a virtuous woman is a crown. She's the strength and worth to her husband. In verse 5 it says, The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The thoughts of the righteous, that means the very intentions, the aims, are to be honorable. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The motives, what motivates us, what's our intention. And you know God knows the thoughts, our thoughts, are far off, doesn't he? All the thoughts of everyone. The Bible says that need, the Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God detects that and says neither, verse 13, Hebrews 4, verse 13, says neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So God searches the reins and trieth the, uh, searches the thoughts and hearts and trieth the reins. And he knows the very uh, inmost feelings. He knows the aims, the intentions. As to what they are. Let our intentions be examined. Let our motives be examined. Let God uh, instruct us to have the right uh, intentions and aims. So that they'll be what they should be. The words of the wicked are are to lie in wait for blood. But the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. We can talk about words that destroy or words that set free. The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood. That's, that's destruction. But it says, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Words that bring deliverance. Now, what kind of words are we going to have? Those that destroy or those that deliver? Those that set free. 
It said, the wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. Can you stand the test of time? Notice that. The wicked are overthrown and are not. And then it says, look, but the house of the righteous shall stand. Remember, Jesus spoke of the man that builds his house upon the sand or upon the rock, which is build your house upon the sand. It says the flood came, the winds came, the storms came, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. He that built his house upon the rock... When the winds come, the floods come, it shall stand because it's established upon the rock. And he says, you know what that, how that applies? Obedience to the Lord is that which will stand. Because he says in that same context, He that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall be like the man that builds his house upon the rock. And he that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be like the man that builds his house upon the sand. So, The obedience to the Lord is that which will stand. Look at this. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. And it'll stand the test of time. You know, Paul says, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. If you want your life to stand, you make it right. And be obedient to God's word. And listen to God's word. Find God's instructions. And then your life will stand. And your house will stand. Your testimony will stand. Your principles will stand. If you make your principles wishy-washy. In other words, one day standing for one thing, the next day going yielding to the wind that blows. Paul said, be not children anymore. Be henceforth, uh, be not henceforth children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the sight of men whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And we need to not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And a lot of times people are tossed to and fro. You've ever noticed that some people just latch on to anything that comes along and says, well, you know, it's new and it's fresh and it's but they never stick with what is true and what is stable and what is steadfast, what is proven. And God's Word is proven. It says, every word of God is pure and He is a shield to them that put their, to those that put their trust in Him. And it says, add not to His words lest He reprove thee and thou be found a liar. So, and the Word of God is, is, uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, that means mature and grown up, well-rounded, and then truly furnished unto all good works. So all of God's Word is to teach us how to live and how to be established in the truth. It says, the wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. Now look at this one. In verse 8, a man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Wisdom wins respect. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom. It wins the respect. But he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. Then it says in verse 9, He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. A person can be despised, still be well off enough to have a servant, but he's better, the word better, than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. It's better to be humble and work for your bread than to play the great man and lack. To pray... Play the great man and be in need. I remember years ago in Rio Dosa, went to a certain cleaners here in town, picked up my cleaning, six or eight dollars. Usually had a suit or two, and uh, was talking to the cleaner, and he had a whole fistful of cleaning about this much in the 
rack, and he was telling me about the certain person that picked that up and says he owes me about $400 for past cleaning. And yet, I won't call the name, but he was thinking of a certain gentleman in town that was supposed to have lots of money. Can you imagine that? And he had a hard time collecting just for the cleaning. Look at this verse. He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. Sometimes outward appearances are not what they always appear to be. And I've known folks uh, in this small village that a lot of folks thought that they had all the money in the world. Come to find out they couldn't even pay their bills. So don't ever depend upon that. It's better to be humble and work for your bread than to play a great man and lack bread. In verse 10, A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Notice this. A righteous man is kind, even to dumb animals. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Not the awful mercies, not, the, not just the regular mercies, if he shows mercy at all. Of the wicked. But the tender mercies, the tenderest that a wicked man can offer is still cruel. You see that? The Bible says uh, in Psalm 51, Have mercy upon me, O David is speaking of the Lord's mercy, and he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. He says, According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Here it says, the tender mercies of the wicked are what? Cruel. See the contrast? If he has mercy at all. But if he has tender mercies and they're cruel, think about just ordinary mercies that are not very tender. I mean, we have, we have sympathy, we have tenderness, I mean, we have kindness, and we have love. And then we have some very tender, very uh, uh, delicate feelings of mercy towards some. And when we have those, we really mean business, don't we? But the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. And then it says in verse uh, 11, He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Vain persons and vain pursuits, worthless pursuits, is void of understanding. Worthless pursuits provide no bread. But he that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. In other words, you, you work for what you get. You till the land, God will give the increase, and you'll be satisfied with bread. But he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. And then verse 12. The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. The wicked has a desire. The desire desireth the net of evil men. But the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. What the righteous d- does is yield, yield fruits. As uh, Sheila was singing the song, this, these two verses, I glanced at my Bible for these, because I have here words and deeds, verse 13 and 14. Ap- uh, words fitly spoken like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Now look here. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. You see, the right kind of words, a man shall be satisfied with good. And recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. So, your words will come home to roost, so to speak. And your words and your deeds go together. And the fruit of your lips is in accordance with, you, with what you speak. And that's what you will re- be recompensed. The recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. Verse 15, 
The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Have you ever thought about that? The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Here's a person that's never wrong. Never wrong. He's always right in his own eyes. Remember Jesus said to the ones that complained about the blind man. He says, are we blind also, the Pharisees? He says, if you were blind, well, you could see. But he says, now that you think you can see, he says, you're Seeing remains. You remain blind. So, the way for our eyes to be open is to understand that there, is, that there is a possibility that we need counsel. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. We listen and learn. We, uh, if we'll listen and follow instructions back there in verse 1. Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. And if we don't love instruction, we'll never know anything. And if we do not realize that we could be wrong about something, we will never learn what is right about something. And if we are wrong, the best thing to do is admit it and take the advice and the counsel that is right. There is such thing as wrong counsel and right counsel. There is such a thing as false and true. There is such a thing as light and darkness, day and night. Everything has its opposite. And the only way we're going to learn what is right is to learn what is wrong. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. We need to learn to talk things over. We need to learn to have counsel with one another. And sometimes we blurt out the uh, answer, or the we think we have the answer to the problem, when if we talk the problem over, there might be several ramifications to the way that it is... Uh, dealt with. There's just not one definite black and white conclusion to everything that comes along. Sometimes we have to take into all the consideration all the odds and ends of the situation. And that means that we have to listen to one another. He that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. In verse 16, a fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. What about a fool's wrath? You know it immediately because he can't control it. There's no self-control. Self-control makes sense. A prudent man covers shame. This, this verse deals with self-control. A fool's wrath is what? When's it known? In a week or two? You ever heard people using the term flying off the handle? And you know, I mean, you know it immediately. His wrath rises up and he just can't figure out that maybe he could just think a while. And consider the situation. The Bible says we need to be slow to what? Anger. Slow to wrath. And the Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. It's a shame to lose control uh, that quickly, isn't it? In verses 17 through 19, we have words again, good and bad words. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness. They're good words. He shows forth righteousness. But a false witness deceit. Those are bad words. Look at verse 18. There is that speaketh like the piercing of the sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Words are the outcrop of character. The lip of truth shall be established forever. Only truth has permanence. But the lying, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Notice the word moment and forever in this 19th verse. See the contrast here in the, in the association of these words? 
The lip of truth shall be established forever. Truth is going to be established forever, and it's going to be permanent. But then what does it say? But a lying tongue is but for a moment. In other words, it will not last. After that one lie is told, you have to tell another one to try to back it up, and that's pretty hard isn't it, to do. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. Where does deceit come from? The heart. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. The Bible says that the very imagination of man's heart was only evil continually. Imagination, image. He builds images in his heart. Uh, it's equivalent to making idols inside. The very imagination, the very image in man's heart is only evil continually. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. But to the counselors of peace is joy. Where does, where does joy come from? When you are counseled in a peaceful way. The counselors of peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Right? Not peacebreakers, but peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. I've said this time and again, that we ought to try to make peace wherever we go instead of make trouble. We had in our last lesson, I believe, peacemakers and troublemakers, didn't we? There were troublemakers and peacemakers in our last lesson, I believe. I won't look it up, but you can check it out. <clears throat> Are you the kind of person that likes to just dodge trouble when it's, when it's being uh, made, when someone's trying to make trouble? I like to get out of the way. I like to take up my books and stuff and go home. You know, I just don't want to be around it. If that's what they're going to do, I'll just dismiss myself from their company. A lot of times it's better to get out of the way. I can tell you some stories about that, but I won't take time right now. That might make the point, but it might bring up <laughs> too much that I'm not supposed to say. I had an incident recently with my son, and I prayed for him that it'd work out because he had the, kind of the same problem with, on the workforce. He couldn't believe it. I won't tell you the whole story, but he said, Daddy, you know that man turned in his resignation Monday morning? Been with the company for years. You know, prayer, you know, God hears prayer. Here's a man been with the company for years. And, you know, that's bad when you can't get along with the folks you work with. So you got to learn to get along. And Daryl stayed home and prayed all weekend, and we did too. He says, I can't believe God answers prayer that quick. I tell you, you know, God does answer prayer quick. You know, in the book of Daniel, it says, Before your prayer got to me, I already heard it. You go back there and read. And so, sometimes he's a little longer in answering our prayers. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be answered. We have need of patience. Now, let's look at this verse. It says uh, in verse uh, 21, There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. The Bible says that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. There shall no evil happen to the just. You say, well, evil happens to the just sometimes. Well, I know that there are exceptions to the rule. But as a general rule, if we try to do right, God will be with us and help us. And even when trouble does come and trouble does arise, he will give us the grace uh, to uh, stand up against it. He will give us the knowledge to know what to do. He will give us the patience to wait until he works it out for us. And that's what we've got to do is learn that when it does happen. But the wicked shall be filled with mischief. It means that, that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Look in verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. God detests lying lips. You know, when you lie on someone, you do 
not only yourself the sin and the harm, but you do someone else harm, and then you do others that that hear it harm. So it's really there are more people involved in one person's lie than just the person you lie against. There are more people that are involved. Someone can make a false accusation against you. Someone can make a false accusation against a preacher or a man in a position of responsibility. And even though it's false, it will ruin it. Many men are brought down just because of a false accusation. Because people, part of the people, want to believe it anyway. There's always someone out there that wants to believe it if an accusation is made. So you better be careful when you do that. Of course, that doesn't mean you're off the hook either if you make that kind of accusation because God is going to level the field too again. And no one of us gets by with anything that we say falsely and to try to accuse someone of uh, falsely. In verse 23 it says, A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Notice the difference in the word concealeth and proclaimeth. A prudent man concealeth knowledge. The ability or inability to keep quiet about certain things. And sometimes we have to really prod ourselves, examine ourselves, to keep a matter quiet, and we should at times. It says, But the heart of the fools proclaimeth foolishness. Look at verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. To be diligent or to be lazy has its price. Look at this. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. In other words, work your way to the top. Don't bluff your way to the top. Don't push your way to the top. Don't try to undermine someone to get to the top. The hand of the diligent shall, shall bear rule. But the slothful, if you're lazy, shall be under tribute. So to be diligent or to be lazy has its price to pay. Look in verse uh, 25. Here's anxiety. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop. In other words, you can be bowed down with heaviness by too much over-anxiety about things, but a good word maketh it glad. There's always a good word of encouragement. I like Dan Storm's little article in the uh, Ridosa News. It's been titled that same thing for years and years. The silver lining. One day I was talking to him and he said, talking about uh, another article he might start writing. He says, Wayne, he says, I've always liked that thought, silver lining, because he said, my mother used to tell me when I was up in Alaska that behind every cloud there was a silver lining. And he says, I've tried to look at the bright side of things in all these articles, and he does. He's a good, wonderful person. And if it wasn't for him, Red Ocean News wouldn't have anything to read probably. <laughs> But he does do his part, doesn't he? So uh, he, he really is a good contributor to that. All right, look at this. Heaviness in the heart maketh a man stoop. You can be burdened down. But a good word maketh it glad. So a good word will overcome the things that are bad. In verse 26, The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth them. If the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, that means he needs to walk circumspectly. You know, Paul said in the book of Ephesians, See then that you all walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What is the circumspect walk? How is it that you walk circumspectly? That word means carefully. It means like a deer in the forest eluding the hunter. And the guy goes out there with a thirty thirty rifle or the deer gun, and he's after that that deer, he can almost sense that you're around, and brother, he gets 
that deer gets behind the trees and the bushes and everywhere. And the first thing you know, he was there. You see him running away across the mountain over there. He got away. Circumspectly. He walks lightly till he can get out of your way. And he walks carefully. And you and I ought to learn the same art of walking circumspectly. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth them. In verse 27, The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of the diligent man is precious. What's that? Make the best of your opportunities. The slothful man, he's too lazy to even roast that which he takes in hunting. Oh yes, he shot a bird, a fowl, deer, whatever. But he's too lazy to do anything further with it. But what? But the uh, the but it says, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. He's going to take advantage of the opportunity. He's going to use it for its best. Do you take the best, make the best use of your opportunities as they come along? If you're slothful, you do not. But if you're if you're a diligent man, you do. In verse twenty-eight. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. The way of life is the way of righteousness, but in the pathway, and the in the pathway thereof there is no death. Uh, chapter thirteen. It says, "A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke." Are you teachable or not? A wise son heareth his father's instructions, but a scorner. Heareth not rebuke. A wise son will hear the teachings of his father. Heareth his, fa- hears his father's instructions. But there are some people that will not hear anything. Are we going to be teachable persons? The Lord is able to teach all of us the things we need to know. If we will but listen. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. But the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Words that are fruitful or that are fatal. Is it going to be fruitful? A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. It's fatal. It's like eating poison. In verse 3, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. That's along with what we're talking about now. The same thing applies to this verse. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Verse 4, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. He desires and he is disappointed and he's dissatisfied. He hath nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Verse 5, a righteous man hateth lying, but the wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Loathsome or foul words. You have fair words or foul words. Fair or foul. Which way will it be? A righteous man hateth lying, so his words are going to be right. But a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Verse uh, 6, righteousness keepeth him that is in the way. The word keepeth means guard. It guardeth him that is in the way. Honesty is safety, but but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. You see, all of these things are opposites, aren't they? They show you that if you'll do right, your way will be safe, it will be guarded. But if you do wrong, it's going to be the opposite. There will be overthrowing. In verse 7, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Well, that's a paradox, isn't it? And that seems like an opposite. Riches are poverty. And the kind of riches we have come from God. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. I've known people in my time, they said, well, time they're 40 years old, they're going to be a millionaire. And I've looked at them, they're about 70 and more plus now, and they don't have anything. But if you work your way up, if you give God His tithes and offerings, 
He'll bless you. And if you save some for yourself, like Tila does, you'll have some you'll have some left over. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruits of all thine increase. Now listen. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses burst out with new wine. The Bible says that if we bring our tithes into the storehouse, storehouse, God says, Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, and I, and I will open up the windows of heaven, that shall not be room enough to receive it. And sometimes those windows of heaven are really in a literal financial return. Sometimes they're just windows of heaven that are blessings that maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow thereto. Now look, the ransom, uh, it says, uh, verse 7, there is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. The ransom of a man's life are his riches. But the poor heareth not rebuke. In verse uh, 9, the light of the righteous, here's the bright prospects, the light of the righteous Rejoice, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. In verse 10, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. The products of pride are contention. And those who are well-advised, those that would take advice, with the well-advised is wisdom. In verse 11, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. Look at that statement. You know, if we just look at all these proverbs here and and just dig them out. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall what? Increase. Isn't that a good verse? You know, I've known fellows here in Riadosa. I was raised up in this little village. And years ago, up in the middle of town, in the, I'm talking about the late 30s and early 40s, in the middle of town they had saloons on every side. And in the back of those saloons, they'd have... Men that would go back there and they'd play poker and gamble because it was illegal and they had to hide from it. And I knew it was going on because I worked in little bowling alleys around about and I could tell what was going on with these fellas. And I knew some of them personally. And uh, you'd see them on the street and they were ordinary working men. But we knew that they gambled a lot. And I'm not going to call names, but there were all kinds of fellas that I could call their names. But to make a long story short, you'd see one of them one day and he'd have a roll of bills that could choke a mule. And the next day he couldn't buy you a cup of coffee. You know why? Look at this. Wealth, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. And I never did know one of them, though they won a big pot in the, in the uh, gambling. I never did know one of them to have very much money. They just have it one day and brother's gone the next day. And I'll tell you, that's the way this gambling thing in our nation is going with people too. And it's now spreading nationwide. Even here in New Mexico now, we've got the scratch things. I saw a guy up there at the car wash the other day and he scratched out something and he finally got $2, but he spent about 20 And then he, he, the guy says, you want another one? And he gave him another one and he scratched it out and the loser again. Scratched it out and the loser again. You know, when will a guy learn that the odds are against you? You say, well, he won $2. Yeah, but he lost 20, 30, 40. I don't know how many times he did that. He's still doing it when I left. I got my car washed and took off. I paid for my car wash and my gasoline. That's all I wanted. And I filled up with gas so I'd be sure and get the car washed cheap, too. It's cheaper that way. Don't be foolish with your money. God didn't expect you to be a fool. 
He wants you to use your head about some things. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Steady increase, good labor, hard labor will eventually pay off if you'll take care of what you make. Verse 12. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Long drawn out hope. Have you ever seen a person that had a hope for something and it just drawn out? They keep on hoping and hoping and it just makes them sick that they never reach the goal. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. We need our hopes to be fulfilled at some point in time. Verse 13, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Obedience pays. Look at that. If you despise the word of God, you'll be destroyed. But the one that fears the commandment shall be rewarded. In verse 14, The law of the wise is a fountain of life, to depart from the snares of death. Law means life. Verse 15, this is tact. Good understanding giveth favor. Use a little bit of tact along the way. But the the way of the transgressor is hard. Good understanding giveth favor. You have favor with God and man. Remember, Jesus went back and submitted uh, to uh, Joseph and Mary after his incident in the temple in Jerusalem at the age of 12. And the Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. What is it here? Good understanding giveth favor. Favor with God and man. But the way of the transgressor is hard. It's rough and it's rugged. Verse 16, Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. The prudent man dealeth with knowledge. The product proclaims the man. One works, one works and the other talks. The fool, the prudent man dealeth with knowledge. He just deals with it. He, he works in it. But the fool layeth open. In other words, he speaks it out and he spreads it. In fact, the marginal reference says spreadeth. That means he talks about it. And that's all as far as it gets. In verse 17, a wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Good or bad is seen in this verse. Verse 18, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Do we welcome criticism if it's justified? I've learned a little bit about criticism. I don't mean we ought to always be critical and put people down, but we ought to to at least let people know what is wrong at times. And that's good constructive criticism is all right. And then it's in correction. He that regardeth reproof shall be honored. It says poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. We need instruction. Verse 19, The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. Desire accomplished. Your very heart's desire accomplished is what? It's sweet to the soul. Then it says in verse 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. What company you keep makes a difference. You're educated by your friendship. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. If you want to be wise, walk with wise people. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You're known by the company you keep. It says, Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. Verse 22, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Two things here. Look at this. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. A man doesn't know it. 
But he may be laying up for those that are just by his sinful laying up and laying in store. You see, you don't know who's going to take what you have left after this life is over. You say, oh yes, I have a will. That's no guarantee of anything. You have good intentions and you hope it works out that way. But that's no guarantee. Did you know there's nothing guaranteed in this life but what God guarantees? I don't care what it is. There have been many a child that's due an inheritance from their family that never receive it because things happen. And lawyers come in. And sometimes people come in and claim credit, claim various things, and it throws a wrench in the cog wheels of process, doesn't it? And nothing ever happens that's supposed to and that he intended to happen. A good man leaveth and inherits to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Much food is the tillage of the poor, but there is that destroyed uh, for one of judgment. In verse 20, I mean, that's verse 23, I beg your pardon. Verse 24 says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The Bible teaches that we need to correct our children. And failing to correct our children, we'll have to suffer the consequences. God corrects us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. The Bible says that no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. But afterward, what? It yieldeth that peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. If we're exercised by the chastening and the correcting that God gives us, then we're going to be better children of God. It says the righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul. He has enough to satisfy his wants. But he says, But the belly of the wicked shall want. He's never satisfied with anything. Well, we've covered these two chapters. I hope we've given you something that we'll, you can hang on to and as we've gone through it. And we thank you for your patience and your kind attention. We'll stand and be dismissed in prayer. Let's stand together.